Hello and welcome to Under the Skin from Luminary. This week I spoke with Fern Cotton. Fern has returned once again to Under the Skin to discuss her new book, Bigger Than Us. Why are you laughing? I'm doing this really well. Bigger Than Us. Listen how good I am at this. Bigger Than Us, the power of finding meaning in a messy world. In this episode, we discuss Fern's work and the spiritual lessons she's learned throughout her career. Her podcast are writing. We also discuss the Beatles. This is really good, Jen. Archetypal energy and the importance of having conversations that go deeper. Now that Under the Skin is on Apple Podcasts, which you put in orange for some reason, please leave a review there. It helps us and we will read them out. If you'd like to listen to the rest of this podcast and all of my weekly Under the Skin podcasts, all you have to do is subscribe to Luminary on Apple Podcasts or download the Luminary app. In this part coming up, we talk about fun and her life and her trying to experiment with the idea of how can I be and we talk about the Beatles documentary get back you chose that bit did you well it's the bit where it says how can I yeah be me why did you choose that bit because she seemed very engaged uh, but she's like this is important because she's not herself in a lot of situations okay and well, the Beatles a... thing was authentic she said okay mate <laughs> alright Jen get it <laughs> Let's have a listen. Trying to achieve equality with the annihilation of category is not no, a successful that, route. Yes, that's, that's, that's exactly right. We're in this era where it turns out we were never the boss. It doesn't look like an ideology. What's beneath the surface of people we admire, of the ideas that define our time, the history we are told? And welcome to Russell Brand. Under the Skin. You know, I've been thinking so much about creativity recently, having just written a book and now in the depths of writing another one. And I guess why I've been so drawn to that Beatles documentary is because they were at that stage after however many albums in they were at that point. This is obviously their last album they made. They were at a sort of fearless point where they had stripped back so many layers and they had been, you know, through so much craziness globally that they're at a point where there was no other choice but to just be themselves. They didn't have to be like the the kind of teeny pop guys who all the girls were chasing anymore with the little neat bowl haircuts. They didn't have to do crazy clothing like in Sergeant Pepper. They just sort of rocked up to Twickenham Studios or then their headquarters at Apple as themselves. And that, to me, is the bit that just has piqued my interest because, you know, we've both been through all these different sort of stages in our careers where we felt we had to fit into a certain box to be accepted on TV or whatever it might be. And that obviously gets really tiresome. And now I'm experimenting with how me can I be? And without this sounding hugely self-indulgent, I think it's something that we all can do in and outside of work. You know, if we're having just, you know, we're in a dynamic with a mate or it's the school mums at the school gate or whatever it might be, You, all of us, the point is we all want to just feel like we can truly be us, have our guard down, put, you know, there's no act. We're just being truly authentic to who we believe we are. And that's a whole other, you know, kettle of fish because who are we and what is the essence of us? I don't know. But at least, you know, there's a feeling of it and you get those little moments where you're courageous enough to really show up to whatever situation it is with whatever you're bringing that day, feeling grumpy, tired, insecure or joyful and amazing. And you're you're not hiding any of it. You're just being you. So I think watching the Beatles do that because you could see there was confrontation and there were some sort of minor arguments going on at one point George brilliantly sort of leaves the band for about 10 seconds and they were just being them and they brought to the table every day what they were experiencing in their lives and I 
I'm not trying to mimic that level of sort of global adoration or success, but I certainly want to be as authentic and as raw as they were in that documentary and to create from a place that feels very real without worrying too much constantly about what the feedback's going to be. It's a, a, yeah, it's a good aspiration, Fern. I like, feel like it's almost impossible to be objective about the Beatles because the cultural platform that we stand on, they put there, it's almost like Christianity or something. It's like you can't think outside of the set of moral codes that we have been in, have been we've been endowed with from Christianity. The kind of cultural perspective, our understanding of fashion, our understanding of music, lyricism, um, assassination and murder, what it is to influence a culture, all of those things have sort of like just strewn with that idea. Like I have the uh, privilege of being friends with Danny, who uh, George's son, and like one of the things he said is like you, you know try going through a day without getting a reference to them guys. You know, I mean, it just doesn't really happen and then I said like yeah like the idea of a world without the Beatles is a subject of a film in itself as a sort of a philosophical kind of idea now like and like yeah they've given us in a sense if not new archetypes modern understanding of archetypal energy um i i read once about how like george harrison's relationship with um, ravi shankar was a sort of a pivotal moment in how pop culture and Eastern mysticism come together. In this book of yours, you one of the uh, sections, and it's like really early in the book, you talk about shamanism. Why is shamanism something that you're interested in? And it's obviously a very ancient and perhaps the earliest form of religion is shamanism. What's your understanding of that, or how at least is it personally relevant to you, Fern? I think that's why I wanted to sort of start chapter one with that subject matter because it's so seeped in um, history and also mysticism as well as some real sort of practical ideas and the point of that chapter is to truly understand what shamanism is about and what shamans are trying to do because of course if you go and see a shaman or we can even just sort of read about shamanic work online or in a book we know that you know, like anybody trying to um, heal somebody, there, there's a point to it. But they'll get people coming to them with all different problems, ailments, wishes, demands, whatever it might be. Um, so is there one point and what is it? Because as, as, as much as I love looking into all these subject matters and learning about shamans and, and different types of um, healing and spirituality and mysticism, whatever it might be, I... I think what I'm trying to do is is break down any barriers for people who feel like oh that's not for me. I don't I don't want to know about shamans or I don't have t- time to do a, a shamanic practice or a ritual or a ceremony or they're a bit spooked about it or they just think it's woo woo. I you know, I'm no expert. I am not educated in this stuff. I've researched the hell out of it because I'm super interested in it. But my job now in life, whether it's this book, the podcast, whatever other project we're working on within Happy Place, is to bring interesting people, wise minds, expansive thinkers to the table so we can learn from them. And then we can apply that to our own lives really simply. Like all of this stuff sounds you know, super mystical and amazing, shamans and, 
you know, whatever they're doing, if it's acupuncture or burning stuff or whatever, it sounds otherworldly, but but all of this stuff can be applied to our everyday life, like many people did back in the day, and a lot of cultures obviously still do. It's ingrained in their everyday life. So my job is to bring all of these interesting subjects now and thinkers to my audience um, to see what we can all learn. I'm very much on this sort of explorative adventure with everyone else. I'm not coming from a place where... You know, I know everything and I've got this sorted and I'm nailing life. I'm obviously, and hopefully my work portrays this notion as as flawed and full of regret and all sorts of other heavy emotions as everybody else. But I desperately want to understand these gorgeous theories and practices and ways of thinking that have been around for thousands of years, way before we had Google, way before we had an understanding of modern science. I really want to understand them and see if we can apply them to not only the modern world, but also everyday life, because I can easily switch from doing some sort of beautiful meditation or perhaps a a ritual before I start work to then getting really fucked off that like my Wi-Fi is down or, you know, the delivery that I ordered is late and just something that's completely, um, you know, just doesn't need to to bring stress into my life. So I, yeah, I really want to make... make all this stuff really accessible and and every day yeah it's a good ambition and it's clear that you're pursuing it um assiduously if you're enjoying this conversation join me over at luminary on apple Podcasts for the rest of our discussion and for all the latest episodes of under the skin from luminary